So my name is Alex. I'm a mom of three. My husband's in the military, so he's currently deployed. My kids are three and a half, two, and five months old. Thank you so much for everything you do. I'm super grateful for my sleep. Hi everyone, I'm Jessica. My husband is in the Navy. He's been in the Navy for 16 years. We've been married for 13. We have two girls. I have a nine-year-old named Adeline and a just over two-year-old named Everly. I'm just excited to kind of share where we're at and what's going on with our bedtime because my husband was gone for eight months last year and now he's deployed. So I'm pretty much um, flying solo here for the most part. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And today, oh man, y'all, we are continuing our series on how other people do bedtime routines. The very first week, we talked to Caitlin and Michael Alsop about their bedtime routine as parents who work together from home. Then last week, we spoke to several families who have shift work or have on-call duties and share the load when it comes to the bedtime routine. Today, we have two amazing women who are serving their family every single day by doing bedtime routine by themselves. Alex and Jessica joined me to chat about their family's unique bedtime situation as their husbands are currently deployed. And we want to thank their families for their service and especially thank them for what they're doing for our country. And we're so grateful for them. Alex and Jessica, we're thankful for your service at home, raising these beautiful and wonderful, incredible children. And I'm here to support you. And I know this podcast will be so encouraging to other military families who are doing bedtime routines solo while their partner, while their significant other is serving. So thank you guys. I know you're going to enjoy this podcast with Alex and Jessica. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. And I'm really looking forward to talking about your family and what makes you guys unique and especially sharing encouragement that you have for other parents who are doing this solo. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Alex. I'm a mom of three. Um, My husband's in the military, so he's currently deployed. Um, We currently live in Ohio with my grandma um, just to have some family time. My kids are three and a half. Um, two and four, uh, five months old. So my two oldest are boys and my youngest is a girl. Oh, that's awesome. And you said you're currently potty training. Yes. We're currently potty training my two-year-old, um, only because he's, he's expressed interest and I'm just not sure if I've expressed interest. (laughs) So that's kind of where we're at. And We're going to give it like five more days and then we're going to decide, is this something we want to do or something we want to revisit? Maybe when dad gets home. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, walk us through. You said when dad gets home. So what is your unique family situation? You said your husband is deployed. He's in the military. Yeah. So this is his, he's in the Navy. Um, He just flies a helicopter. So he's land-based over there, which means we get to talk to him. Um, This is his third deployment. So he left after Ruth, that's our youngest child, was three weeks old, which was really nice for me because, um, you know, he got to be there for the birth. He got to be there for all of like the um, postpartum hormones and all of the things that I need help with. Um, So that was really nice bonding time. So now he's gone. So he's been gone since about mid-November. 
Um, and then he will be back. It's kind of unknown, but probably after the coronavirus is done, that kind of pushes the appointment back a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you guys have been, you've been doing this solo for, for a little while now with three right. kiddos. I know you said right now you're with a grandparent, which is awesome to have some help. Yeah. When, yeah. when you guys are solo and it's you and the three little ones, yeah. I would love to hear y'all's routine, like evenings yeah. around dinner time, bedtime. How do you juggle all of this? Yeah. So my boys take a nap. My three-year-old doesn't always, but we're always usually in the evening coming off of some sort of quiet time or nap time. So around three, everybody starts to wake up. That includes the youngest um, or come off of quiet time. So it's nice. They usually are okay to independent play from three to four-ish. And at 4.30 sometimes if I'm lucky. So around four, around when I see that time coming, I start to think about dinner. Um, So I'll just grab out we just have these little like section plates we got from Target. Like my kids are really into Lunchables. Yeah. Um, and I, so they'll always eat something like that for dinner, but we do, we call like make your own Lunchables. So anywho, I bring out those plates and we make, I'll make something quick. Usually like something I've prepped already. They like to eat like chicken and vegetable and like a rice stir fry, which is really easy to prep that in a week at, you know, in a couple of days in advance, or they like, you know, salami and cheese and, whatever they want to eat. So basically I prep their plates, put those in the microwave. Um, whenever Ruth starts to get hungry, I'll probably nurse her before dinner just so she's not, um, super angry and <laughs> start to nurse and do dinner. Um, so she's usually nurses around like four thirty. Um, the dinner's usually prepped. Sometimes I'll eat with the boys, but sometimes it's not enjoyable for me to eat with the boys. Um, so I'll sit with them and um, we'll still eat together as a family and I'll just eat a snack, but I like to have my quiet time at the end of the night mm-hmm. and taste kind of what I'm eating. So when five rolls around, that's dinner time. So we all come to the table. Our two-year-old sits in his high chair just for purposes of keeping him, you know, locked in somewhere. Um, and then the three and a half year old can sit at the table. And then Ruth, our youngest sits in a bumbo seat. So She'll either sit, um, she usually just sits in the middle of the table. And she just started solids actually just last week. Um, she'll be six months at the end of this month, um, April 26th. So she's just kind of exploring that. And you can tell she's super interested. Um, so she likes to be a part of the mix. So we'll usually do that. I'll eat dinner together. <clears throat> it only really lasts a couple, you know, about 10 minutes. Um, and the boys are full, but it is a nice time. We all get to be together. So. Yeah. And you're right. There sometimes are days where even with all of us at home with my husband, like, I don't want to eat with my children because I can't right. focus right. and I end up eating. And I'm yeah. like, what the heck did I just eat? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. So, all right. Once you guys are done with dinner, what's next? Yeah. So now we have like kind of a free time. So that's from about five to six. So if the boys need a bath, or and Ruth um, will all take a bath. Right now, Ruth has an infant bath that she still fits in. So we usually put that on the ground and fill that up with water outside of the bathtub. Or we can sometimes put it perpendicular in the bathtub and have all three of them in the bath at the same time. Um, so we usually take a group bath and the boys actually enjoy that with bubbles and things. Um, but if we don't need a bath, they can run around and have free time for about 30 minutes. And then we try to like all wind down, maybe watch a show, read some books. Just, I basically end up laying on the floor next to Ruth because she doesn't sit up yet. 
Um, and we kind of all just lay down on the floor and either watch a show or read a book or just try to be relaxed a little bit more just because the boys get really wound up as the evening goes on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So bedtime, I'm sure for a three and a half, a two-year-old and a five-month-old might be different. What time do you guys aim to have them down in bed? Yeah. So the boys actually share a bedroom here and they share a bedroom at home. So our bedtime routine starts at six. Um, I'll take the boys into the bathroom again. They brush their teeth and they get their pajamas on. That usually takes 15 minutes, just considering they're all running around. Nobody's really focusing. Um, At 6.15, I usually heat Ruth's bottle. So because she's still nursing, um, I, I pump like in the morning when I wake up or after I tuck them all in before I go to bed so that I usually always have one bottle extra. And, and if I don't have a bottle extra, I can mix up some formula, but um, I always give her a bottle at night. Um, one that helps me because I realized last deployment that my, that the baby, because my middle child was nursing all the time, he would not take a bottle from dad or I wouldn't be able to be away from him for any amount of time. And then I realized once, you know, deployment was over and I wanted to spend time with my husband or just, you know, let him bond with the baby. Nobody was taking a bottle. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard for us. So we're trying to do that one differently this time. So that's why at 6.15, I, everybody has their teeth and their pajamas done and I have a bottle ready and we all go downstairs to the boys room. We put a diaper on our two-year-old. This is a time where the boys can get out their last like wiggles. Um, so we, they can jump around, they can play. I sing this, like, get your jiggles out, get your wiggles out song. And the boys love that. And they just run around crazy. Um, (laughs) I I want to, yeah. So I want to make bedtime fun because especially my oldest one, you know, he doesn't want to stop the fun and go to bed, but if bedtime's fun, then he looks forward to that time. Um, and then we read and then I'm usually feeding Ruth a bottle during this whole time. She takes, she's a little bit slow of an eater. Um, she like kind of grazes, especially as she gets more social. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm not necessarily feeding her the entire time and she's interacting with the boys, but I do have a bottle ready from 6:15, you know, 6:20 when we kind of start to whenever she finishes that. Yeah. Um, and she definitely isn't associated to food to sleep. So she's okay having a couple minutes after she finishes a bottle until we get her bedtime routine going. So, um, yeah, so we just read um, after we jumped and we talk about what we're grateful for. That's really important for my three-year-old just because I think deployment's been hard on him and just three-year-olds in general. Sometimes they focus on, you know, kind of what they don't have and we try to remind him that he should be grateful for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, we pray. And then each boy likes to be rocked to bed. Really, that takes like two minutes. And I just kind of rock them and I sing like, you are my sunshine or a song. And then I just put them down. So um, they still like that kind of one-on-one time. So I usually put the two-year-old in bed first. He just sleeps in a pack and play um, kind of over by the wall separated. I turn on our little sound machine we just have the hatch baby it's nice and loud yeah um, and then we give my three-year-old his little blankie and then we put him in his big boy bed he just sleeps in a queen size bed um and yeah and then I just shut the door and sometimes I do hear giggles and for the most part though I tell them you know we need to go to bed and you know you need your body needs to grow and and 
luckily they believe me. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So then we just go upstairs. Ruth sleeps in a pack and play inside a slumber pod right next to my face in my bed, if that makes sense. My bedroom upstairs is really small. So if we didn't have that slumber pod, she'd be staring at me all night. So that's been a nice kind of unconventional thing. Um, and so, yeah, she finishes her bottle already in the boys' room. We go upstairs. I make just clean, give her another diaper. Now that she's been starting solids, her, she's usually gone number two sometimes after her bottle in the evening. I don't want to put her to bed with, you know, a, a dirty diaper or her, her wake up with that. And then we put in her sleep sack, <clears throat> turn her sound machine on. And for her, I really can't linger too long. She wants to go to bed. And I feel like sometimes the longer I linger and rock her, the more um, she wants more of that kind of. Um, so we try to have our moment before we get into the bedroom. And then in the bedroom, it's kind of like a kiss, a little song, a little rock, and then I put her down. And she's usually awake, but she sleeps all through the night. So that's so wonderful, especially yeah. because you are all hands on deck all day long. Right, right. Yeah, I actually don't function very well with no sleep. So that's why it was really important. Um, we used uh, the, your four-month sleep coach with my middle child. And our oldest, we, we never have heard of any sleep training. And that was just really nerve-wracking and scary because we just were kind of doing something that we thought worked. And then, you know, in five days, it still wasn't working. So now, in retrospective, having sleep trained my middle child at four months and then my youngest, we did the newborn sleep training course and we did the sleep society in case any hiccups pop up with any of the kids. And it's just been a night and day difference. I mean, it's crazy. She's the best sleeper I've ever had, which is amazing because this is the most work I've ever had. So. Oh, absolutely. Man, I cannot tell you how many times I hear parents say those things about like, well, you know, it's my third one. I should be able to figure this out on my own. I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're not. You know, that's why there's help and every child yeah. is different. And what, what a tremendous way to, you know, you've got so much on your plate. There's so many other stressors. The last thing you need during a full day with three kiddos is a stressor of not knowing if you're going to be able to sleep at night. Right. That was actually really nerve wracking, especially when my husband first left. Um, and it was kind of just me that I remember being very nervous because I wasn't sure yet, you know, it was early on if I was going to get sleep again and how that would look like just because I didn't discover, even though I did the four month sleep coaching, I didn't discover it until my middle child was nine months old. Um, and that was already after my husband's second deployment. So I just didn't want to repeat of that. And, you know, at first I was like, oh man, is this too good to be true? You know, what you talk about is your baby a unicorn. Right. Um, and some of my family was like, yeah, you know, some babies just don't want to sleep. And I was like, yeah, I can't have that. Like it won't, I, I need my sleep. And it was just a really, you know, in postpartum, just like sadness and everything. And I was just like, I'm just really exhausted and I just really want to sleep. And so thank goodness it finally happened. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so grateful for really, you know, my, my heart behind everything is I'm sure your kiddos are so precious and cute, but like, you're the one I care most about, you right. know, you, you cannot be a functioning parent if you're just not sleeping. Yeah. Um, and that is so important, especially with three, um, three and under, you know, I mean, that yeah. is, so necessary. So I would love to know, is there, are there any, you know, encouragement, strategies, tips, anything you would want to share with maybe a mom who is getting ready to experience 
um, yeah. their, their partner's first deployment. They're about to be by themselves for the first time with their child or children. What kind of encouragement would you want to pass on? Yeah, I would say um, that you can do it, um, but you can't do it alone. And so, and there'll be times where you do have to kind of step out in faith, whether that's asking a friend for help or, you know, for me, every taking away my youngest pacifier, putting him transition out of the sleep sack like I remember those moments and those nights which just sounds really funny but I was like man I just don't know if this is gonna work but you just kind of have to do it and stick with it um and when you stick with something good and you have help and support um even if that's not inside your family finding some help and support even through like the sleep community um it will it will get better and there is light at the end of the tunnel and things will continue to improve and the worst thing, you know, you want to do during this time is wish away this season. You know, I didn't really want that. Yes, I want my husband to be home, but I only have this. But, you know, I think this is our last baby. And this is a baby, even if she wasn't our last, I don't want to wish away these moments. And just because I want deployment to be over or I want, you know, my baby to be five months or whatever, you fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I just think wishing away these moments and these memories and time because you're exhausted is just a really... Um, dangerous and sad place to be. And I was there. So I get that. Oh, it really is. And, and that's really so powerful because we don't have to be exhausted parents and we don't have to just survive this period even. Right. It, it, and honestly, if we were all to hear your story, we'd be like, oh yeah, Alex, just, you know, it's okay to survive because you've got three kids, three and under, like you just need to survive. But you're like, no, no, I don't. I don't need to just yeah. survive. And that is yeah. incredibly powerful. Yeah. And there was also freedom in that too, of just having, um, for me, like I said, sleep is huge. It's everything. And so just even having somebody, even if I don't, you know, didn't personally know you just saying that, yeah, what you're doing is good. And if, um, and it also gave me freedom to enjoy those moments, like you always say, where you can cuddle your baby, you know, because that's super important for me, um, you know, to just be able to have these memories and be present in the moment for my children and also for myself. And you're right. I can't do that exhausted. So, well, you guys are doing such an awesome job and I'm really, I'm so grateful for you sharing this. I know a lot of parents will really enjoy this encouragement and, you know, they're not alone in this and, you know, a mom of three, um, with, you know, limited help is thriving. And I think that that is amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you do. I'm super grateful for my sleep. Y'all, I'm really excited to have Jessica on the podcast today. We worked together, we were just confirming this, two years ago with her daughter, Everly, and she is so precious. Um, definitely, I need to see an updated photo of her, Jessica, but that girl had the best head of hair I've ever seen on a baby. Yeah, still. <laughs> still? <laughs> She's seriously so cute. Well, welcome, and could you share with our listeners where you are located and a little bit of your unique family situation. Hi everyone, I'm Jessica, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we live in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, my husband is in the Navy. He's been in the Navy for 16 years. We've been married for 13. Um, we have two girls. I have a nine-year-old named Adeline and a just over two-year-old named Everly, who is how I got to meet Becca because she is just so intense. She um, didn't sleep for a really long time until I met Becca and we kind of figured things out and she's pretty solid now. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to kind of share where we're at and what um, 
what's going on with our bedtime because my husband was gone for eight months last year and now he's deployed. So I'm pretty much um, flying solo here for the most part. Yeah. And this is like you said, he's been doing this for 16 years. You've been married for 13 years. So even before you had children, was he gone often? Did you, you know, obviously probably knew what was going to happen as you guys had children. Was that a conversation that you talked about? Sure. Um, he's definitely done a few deployments. Um, he's done shift work pretty much for the first two years we were married. So I'm kind of used to being independent. I'm used to kind of just figuring things out on my own and like, I don't know, just for the most part, for the past few years, I have been a solo parent. So that's been really challenging. So last year he was gone, but still in the state. So we were able to do FaceTime and call every day. Um, but now that he's deployed, that communication is kind of um, not there as much. So that has been a little bit of an, an adjustment to you because the girls miss him a lot more. Oh yeah, I bet. that, And that's hard to explain, I'm sure. For sure. I mean, the little one, Everly, kind of just, for the most part, she doesn't really think about it. But um, Adeline has been, she's had a lot um, harder of a time. The last time he was deployed, she was Everly's age. So it's just really interesting. There's kind of like a sense of deja vu because they were the exact same ages during deployment. So that mm -hmm. is really yeah. Well, I would love to know, and I know that there are so many listeners who I get questions a lot about like, how do you do bedtime when it's just yourself? Or how do you do bedtime when there's twins? And I realize like, I can't talk about this because this is not my experience. I've got to have other people who have experience and who I trust to come on and teach this. So I would love for you to walk us through um, especially because we know Everly, she's, she's a little over two. So she's on this one nap schedule. What is really take us from like post her nap time. What is your afternoon, evening and take, take us into bedtime routine. How does this work with a two and a nine-year-old? Yeah. So I think having such a big age gap is really helpful because Adeline is so independent. Um, so after nap and Everly's, we're kind of going through a little bit of an adjustment with nap. So hers has kind of shifted a little bit later, which actually works out really well. And she still falls asleep perfectly. Um, so she sometimes will nap until 3.30 or 4. Um, and then we'll usually go on a walk or do something outside and just kind of active. Um, and then I have to keep things so simple. Like I cannot do all of these elaborate dinners or things that use a lot of dishes. So I usually do something just really simple, like chickpea pasta and sauce and steamed vegetables or potatoes or you know, just something really easy that I can, you know, get in the oven or get on the stove really quickly and clean up really fast. Um, because that she tends to be a little bit, um, need a little bit more attention then. Um, I'm usually holding her or I try to get Adeline to, um, entertain her for a little bit, but it can be a little bit hairy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, our most stressful time of the day. So I try to prep things in advance that doesn't always work. Um, but, or usually I'll give her like an activity to do, like she can color, paint, or um, do beads, or she, we have a little um, play sink that actually like works and runs water. And that's her favorite thing to do too. Um, so having an activity that is exciting for her is really important. Um, and then we usually eat dinner at our bar at, in our kitchen. We don't go to our, our dining room table when Amy and is gone. Um, 
And then I try to clean up while they're still eating because they're pretty slow eaters. So I'm usually, um, they eat at our bar, which is where our sink is. And so I'm usually doing the dishes as they're still eating. Um, and then we have Google play an alarm at 630. Um, and that's when they get their bedtime milk. Um, and start kind of after dinner, we do a 10 minute tidy up and we play music and we just do a really quick 10 minute tidy so that our house is not a complete disaster and so that I'm not like trying to clean up once they go to bed. Um, and then right at about seven, we head upstairs and do a quick bath for Everly. Um, Adeline can do a shower on her own. And then um, I take Everly into her room and Adeline can brush her teeth and get dressed in her pajamas and kind of start doing her bedtime routine. So she's waiting for me while I'm doing, um, when I'm done with Everly, then Addie is all ready and we just read to her. Um, and Everly's bedtime is really quick, easy. Um, we put on her pajamas, change her diaper. Um, we use some lavender essential oils. Like she smells that, she really likes it. That's kind of a special part of her routine. Um, we read two books and we say our prayers and then she goes in the crib and we zip her sleep sack up. She has this little routine that she likes me to like bounce her bunnies around. Um, she has to turn her sound machine on. She has to be the one to turn the light off and close the door. That's, she's a little bit of a, um, control freak. I think that's a big part of her personality. She has to feel like she's in control of it. Um, and then we sing a song and then I walk out. That's it. So that's, I'm so incredibly thankful that we established a really solid routine early on because that has been like a non-issue for us for the most part. Um, so and then after I finish with Evie, then I walk in to Adeline's room. We read a chapter of Anne of Green Gables and cuddle for a little bit. We talk and then that's it. So it's pretty, that's the least stressful part of my day, believe it or not. <laughs> that's, that's so good when you know that you can depend on the bedtime routine and you can depend that it's stress-free, it's not filled with anxiety. You don't know when you're going to be able to tap out and have your time by yourself and do what you'd like, like to do. That's so important. Yeah. So 740, they're both done. Like I am walking out of their room. I am done. Um, and for the most part, that's, that's pretty much it. They don't come out. There's no crying. There's no nothing else. So I, right. I try to do work and I, cause that is usually my kind of time to do work and, um, get everything together. And I am a photographer, so I usually do my editing and all of that after they go to bed. But since the coronavirus, my mom hasn't been able to help. So now I just watch Netflix because I'm tired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know what? That's, that's the time that you just get to not be concerned about any other little person or anybody else. And that dependency that, you know, at 740, boom, you're done. That's amazing. Absolutely. My sanity. I'm so grateful. So I would love to know, you mentioned, and I, that you maybe you didn't you know, mean to say this, but it was interesting when you were talking about um, bedtime routine for Evie, about how you know, we bounce the buddies around and we do this. Does Addie help out with bedtime routine or talk, the, talk through us like when she was a baby? Did you get Addie a part of Evie's bedtime routine? 
Yeah, Addie definitely, sometimes she'll come in and she'll read stories or she definitely comes in and snuggles and hugs. Um, but some, I did find that they kind of rile each other up a little bit. So I have to kind of keep it short and sweet. Um, and then Addie goes and does her thing to get ready. So, um, cause otherwise they'll just be laughing and playing and they want to tickle and wrestle and be a little bit crazy. So we try to do that earlier, earlier on in the bedtime routine. And then I take Evie in and close the door so that it's a little bit more quiet and, um, <clears throat> kind of conducive to getting ready for bed. Okay. Now I want to revisit. You mentioned something that I'm like, darn it, I need to do this. <laughs> the 10 minute cleanup. This is obviously so ideal when you are doing things solo and you don't need to spend from 7.40 to 8 o'clock or 8.30 cleaning up um, what your kiddos did. So how, when did you start that, the little 10 minute cleanup? And I know that there are going to be some people who want to know, like, how do you teach that? How did you maybe get um, Evie involved in that? And Addie, how did you implement this? And any, any tips on how to implement this little quick 10-minute cleanup session? After, um, after dinner, I pretty much have the kitchen cleaned up for the most part. I try to. I don't always, I'm not always perfect with that. But um, then I just set a Google timer. I tell Google to like, you know, set a timer for 10 minutes and then we might put on some music and then we're always like, okay, it's time to clean up. And, you know, Evie likes to sing the cleanup song. And so she just kind of sees that we're all doing it. Um, and sometimes she makes it a little bit harder. Like she wants <laughs> But then if I'm, you know, putting blocks in a basket, then she definitely helps with that. So, um, yeah, it's not always perfect. I mean, there's obviously still some stuff that I have to do when they come, when they're done with bedtime, but at least it's not the whole house is a complete disaster. So that, um, yeah, it's worked really well for us. Right. Well, that's what I liked about that is because it gives you one last task to worry about because you have so many other tasks to worry about and any advice you would give. So I'm thinking about if there is a mom who has a young baby and maybe their partner is getting ready to be deployed for the first time, or maybe it's not the first time, but it's the first time as a family, any tips, suggestions, or of wisdom, encouragement that you would send to a mom who is about to experience dad going away for the first time? I would say just to keep it simple, like so simple. Your meals don't have to be elaborate. I mean, we literally, sometimes it's just one pot and that's okay because that gives you less to prep and less to clean up because the least, you know, the less that you can do of that, the better. Um, and just to get as much support as you can, just to connect with other people who are going through the same thing. Um, and my mom, I'm so blessed. My mom, when we moved back to Virginia, um, my mom moved from California into our neighborhood. And so usually she's here in the mornings and can help me kind of, you know, do the things that I need to do that are difficult with Everly. Um, cause I don't even take her grocery shopping because she's just my wild child. Um, it's just funny looking back when my husband was deployed before when Adeline was two, I took her to Greece to see him. And I will not even take Everly to Whole Foods because she's just, <laughs> she is just so intense. But um, yeah, that's my number one thing is just to keep it so simple and to try to get out of the house as much as you can because you make less mess and there's less to clean up when you are not in the house. 
Oh, that is a great tip. And I can't wait to get out of the house again. <laughs> um, but I, I'm very, very grateful for all of this. I know it can seem like, well, this is just mundane. This is my life and what we do every day. But it is extremely helpful to just know that this is these are things that work for you and for your children at that age and how you can have a manageable, simple system. And even though Chad and I are here all the time with our girls, I still make very simple meals. <laughs> Chickpea pasta is my jam. <laughs> best. It's so good. Meals are just a hard thing for me. Like there's just so many options that I get overwhelmed. So I have started doing like on Monday is soup and Tuesday is tacos and Wednesday is salad and Thursday is pasta. And then we kind of have three days. So that just helps me to like narrow down the choices for each day. So there's not an unlimited amount of categories that I'm choosing from. So that has helped me a lot too. And, um, keeping things simple. Oh, that's how my brain works too. If you show me all the options, it's just going to be too much, but if I can just narrow down my options, then I can feel more freedom in that. Exactly. That's so true. That's awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. It's so good to talk with you and catch up and hear about things. And I know that what you've shared is going to be extremely helpful to so many parents out there. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you all so much for being here. And if you know maybe a military family who they're about to begin a deployment season, then I would ask you share this podcast with them. Just hit the little box with the up arrow if you're on your iPhone. If you are listening on my website, just share this URL. Um, Wherever you are, share this with someone who needs some encouragement. And thank you to the Arnold and Jeremiah family for your service and all that you shared with us today. You guys are wonderful and we're so grateful for you. Sweet dreams. See you next time.